0: Welcome to Stories from Cumberland. Previously we have discussed how the Youth Media Lab at the University of North Texas prepares students to understand media, then make their own. Media aren't some intangible thing only to be crafted by Hollywood elites. And in today's world, marginalized people like youth in foster care can benefit from having the ability to advocate for themselves through it. The problem is, there's so much out there that at times it can seem like no one is paying attention at all. Five hundred million tweets are sent every day. 300 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every minute, and a new blog post is published every half a second. On top of that, independent and hobbyist creators like our friends from Cumberland have to compete for people's attention against the professionals who get paid to do this for a living. We used the last day of the Youth Media Lab to prove to the teens that people were listening. Cumberland used their auditorium to set up a screening of their projects from the workshop, complete with a red carpet and a big screen projector. As the residents arrived, some of them marveled at the posters they designed the day before, while others ran to the snack table. Pastor Katie Klein, the chaplain at Cumberland, kicked off the screening by telling the guest about her role at the home.
1: Uh, one of the things that I do is help coordinate partnerships between our campus
0: Because of the hard work of people like Pastor Katie, these young people are connected with high impact learning experiences like the Youth Media Lab. Pastor Katie is a rock for these teens, someone stable who provides them with constant love, guidance, and understanding. Of course, workshops like ours cannot happen without socially engaged professionals like Professors Vickery and Carter, who bring their experience and the resources of their universities to marginalized communities. So the Youth
1: Media Lab is a partnership uh on the research side. Um, And I do youth media and media literacy thinking about the impact of how young people are represented in media. And then thinking about where are the voices of young people in that. And often we talk a lot about see like fun entertaining media with young people which is fun and entertaining but often doesn't represent the complexities of young people's lives and so that's where my research is and then thinking about what do we do about it we put a camera in a kid's hand and say what is your story what do you want to see in the media what what do you want people to understand about your generation and that's where Carla comes in as um, the director of production and so that's really the basis of this um, workshop was a way to teach about media, so on the first day, we just started with thinking about what is the purpose of everything you watch and listen to? Who is it made for? Why is it made? What techniques are they using to make you laugh, or to make you feel things, or to persuade you? And then what's missing from what we see? What do you wish you could see, or listen to, and watch? And then saying, Okay, do it. Cool, we're going to teach you.
0: As Dr. Vickery took the stage, she drove home how hard the teens had worked and how far they had come.
1: Um, I just am so amazed with all of the Cumberland residents that they came in. As Pastor Katie said, some of them like, "Let's do this," and some of them going, uh, "They put me in the van and made me come here, and I don't want to be here." And by the end, I think all of them, it was just so fun to see them get involved. The kid who was initially like hanging back and watching, taking ownership over their story, teaching other people and it was so cool to see some of you guys teaching other of your peers how to do the things we had just taught you the day before.
0: Professors in the Department of Media Arts at UNT are no strangers to evaluating people's progress. It comes with the job, after all. Following Dr. Vickery, Professor Carter then gave the audience a rundown on each of the projects that would be shown. I just want to give
2: you a uh, heads up of what you're about to see and some of the the techniques that went into making these projects. One of the projects you'll see is called OG Ricky as a TV studio production where students actually learn multi-camera studio production in an official professional studio setting. So these guys were using professional TV gear, um, professional switchers, audio equipment, editing, graphics, prompters, and they got their hands on there and jumped right in there. And they learned it, and they succeeded, and excelled with it. We also have our next project, we're gonna show Split Decision, which is actually a stop motion animation project with the sand art. So students learn stop motion animation that the UNT students help teach them, and you'll see some of that as well. More Than a Number is a documentary that the students filmed. They went out into the field and actually interviewed students. And then redefining the Past is a um, kinetic te- typography, audio storytelling that you'll see, actually. So those are some of <laughs> the things that you're about to see, and, and you'll just hopefully, I don't get an emotion, you'll see just some of, uh, just some of the hard work that the Cumberland residents did.
0: So, the lights were yeah. dimmed and the projector switched on. The first project, O.G. Ricky, Set the screening off on a lighthearted start.
3: Welcome to Fox 4. Just kidding. Welcome to OG Ricky. On today's show, we're giving you weather, memes, ooh, and video games, so stay tuned in. Okay, so the no snow storm, storm in the desert it's wrong. Look, all of this noise doesn't supposed to be here.
0: Even if the humor was, at times, nonsensical, the bright enthusiasm of the boys who put this sketch comedy show together resulted in uproarious laughter from the crowd. Now that the audience was warmed up, the animated piece Split Decision showed them the real world of foster care through the lens of paper and crayons. After we were separated, I was taken to Rodnocker's office where she kept asking me all these questions and she took me to an RTC. I ran from the RTC and ended up in a shelter. I didn't last long there and ran again. From that point I was on the streets and there I got pregnant. I finally moved into a women's shelter and gave birth to my little girl,
3: Amnaya. I knew I had to get my life together for my little girl so I went and got my GED. I found a job at Red Lobster and got us a little apartment. I started taking classes at a university and was placed out of my basic math classes. I was finally getting to where I wanted to be in life. From the caseworker's office, I went to my first foster home. They enrolled me into school and I got me into track. They made sure I did all my homework and made me feel part of the family. Eventually they adopted me. They made sure I got into college and cheered all my accomplishments. I even pursued a master's degree. I always worried about my little sister but was assured she was doing fine, but I still missed her.
0: This group ended their artistic piece with credits drawn in sand art, brightly emblazoning their names on screen. Then the next group showed the way that they are more than just a number with their short documentary.
1: Now that you know the exact numbers of foster care, what a percentage of those kids do you think are 10 and graduate college?
0: Uh,
1: 30 percent.
0: I'm going to say like 5 percent. Yeah,
1: maybe 8, 10.
0: 13 percent.
1: It's less than 3 percent. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: Oh, less than 3 percent.
1: What do you think should be done about foster care?
0: I think more knowledge about it would help. Um, I think that there should be more awareness about it. Like I said, I I don't really know much about it and I don't hear much about it, and so I think by raising awareness and just spreading awareness really, we can get those parents to kind of, um, who are willing to adopt and who can adopt, um, that way they can find, get them a place and um, provide them with the resources that they need to be successful in life. With the facts laid out before them, the audience was ready to hear who these people really were and the power they held. The screening closed out with the audio piece titled, Redefining Our Past. I had to teach and raise myself.
3: I've had to mature at a young age and give up going out with friends, like a normal teen. I had to do things I didn't want to.
2: I've pushed through challenges.
3: But we are strong. We are not who you label us as. We are loved. We all face challenges in life, big and small. We are strong. strong. We, we will make it through and, and find our pass. Pass.
0: throughout the screening we heard what the teens wanted to express to the world if you will remember they were not allowed to show themselves in their own work now came the time to put faces to the projects and allow the cumberland residents to thank the little people the leaders of each group got on stage to give an award to their students acknowledge their hard work and give them an opportunity to speak thank you for being such a- Following the screening and award ceremony, the residents and audience were free to intermingle and discuss their projects. The excitement in the room was evident, and kids who had barely interacted with each other in the weeks before discussed what they liked about each other's projects. While the students, staff, and teaching fellows were hanging out, I had the opportunity to speak to one of the residents' court-appointed special advocate, or CASA. These volunteers are assigned to individuals in the foster system. Providing them support and giving judges guidance on which decisions are in the child's best interest.
3: Okay, I am um, a cost advocate. I actually learned about this through my church four years ago. So I went down for the interview and the uh, training, which is a 32 hour process, and uh, said, Okay, I can do this. I have had 12 children altogether that have been in foster care. I currently have 10. Um, it's just something I'm passionate about. I give up almost anything there is to do to be with these kids if it's a time to be with them or if they call and say can we go do something so it's i'm retired it's become my retirement job and i love every minute of it
0: above all their goal is to keep the child safe healthy and eventually reunite them with their birth family if possible the organization also advocates to spread awareness and enact legislation on behalf of youth in foster care As luck would have it, this CASA was appointed to one of the teens I worked with frequently throughout the lab. In those two weeks, I saw him make a massive transformation. This isn't to be unexpected when working closely with people for a while, as it's natural for them to open up over time, but this CASA said she also saw some changes.
3: Yes, a night and day difference. I had a a young man who didn't have confidence in himself, didn't like going to class, um, went to some football camps, which he enjoyed earlier but he's gotten really excited these last two weeks. And last Saturday we went out together and um, he'd just been in the first week of taking the classes. And he talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about it. And he was excited about the movie he was gonna be making this week. And he says, I'm gonna talk about my life and what it's been like. And for him to be able to express that, which normally he can't, was a world of difference in him. It
0: wasn't just that the students were changing their behavior because they were getting to know us. People who had known them for years could attest to the confidence and newfound voice they had developed through their hard work with the Youth Media Lab. This young man started out on the first week dodging work, insulting others, and sleeping during lessons. Now he was wandering around the auditorium, complimenting his peers and excitedly talking about his future in music production. He even skipped football camp to take part in the second week of our workshop. People were starting to pay attention, and the residents could see that.
3: Um, Last Saturday, he said, he was talking about how much he enjoyed it and stuff. He said, and we were talking about, later in the day, about people that he can talk with and share his concerns and, and his life and what's bothering him. He said, you know, the ones that I connect with the most are those guys at UNT. He said, they're the ones that I can say something, tell them a problem I have, and then they tell me a solution, I try it and it works. So that was really exciting to see that he connected with with all of you. The
0: new skills they learned had emboldened them to try new ways to tell others who they were and what they care about. In only two weeks, the Youth Media Lab had a real impact on these teenagers. They were more confident, could articulate themselves better, and knew that they could define themselves as people. The UNT Teaching Fellows also gained valuable leadership and teaching experience, preparing them to help other communities share their stories. I hope you will join us in the final episode as we explore these outcomes and reflect on the 2019 Youth Media Lab at the University of North Texas. Thank you for listening to Stories from Cumberland. Episode 6, Special Features, is next. If you've made it this far, I surely hope you're enjoying the podcast. Do us a favor and give this show a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are currently listening. Every review helps get this podcast and its important topics into the ears of others. Of course, we would also love for you to tell your friends about us. To volunteer, donate, or otherwise support CASA for Children, visit casaforchildren.org. To learn more about Cumberland Presbyterian Children's Home and how you can help, visit their website cpch.org. As always, you can also learn more about the Youth Media Lab by visiting mediaarts.unt.edu.